Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. I do have a message for you. I do have a message for you. It's only 6.30. The night's young. Y'all got a lot of time, right? And we got, we got the taco truck coming, so it's all good. Uh, I know probably most of you didn't bring your Bible or notebooks or anything, but if you did... Uh, then you can write something down. But if you don't, it's still okay. Uh, you can remember what I'm going to say tonight. So tonight, I just want to talk uh, just for a little bit and uh, just kind of talk to you guys about why we do what we do at church, why we do uh, our teams, and why it's important. And so that's what I want to share with you a little bit for a second and just to remind us why we're doing what we're doing, but also where we're going as a church and to remind us about why it's so important. So uh, the title of my message is, Teamwork makes the dream work. Teamwork makes the dream work. And first of all, I want to say thank you for everyone that's here tonight. I know not everybody could make it tonight, but for the group that did make it tonight, thank you for making this a priority. I know some people had to get childcare to be here. We appreciate that. And thank you for being on a team. Thank you for serving on a team. We couldn't do what we do as a church without you guys. Uh, but we want to start with this. Teamwork makes the dream work. Now, we talked about this before uh, in some leadership meetings and some team meetings and core meetings. Uh, but I want to talk about teamwork makes a dream work. Now, this title didn't come from me. It came from John Maxwell. And John Maxwell is a leadership guy who, who's written hundreds of books on leadership. And he always says that teamwork makes the dream work. Now, you got to realize that anything great in life uh, takes teamwork to get there. It's not about one person or just this tiny group of people. It takes an entire team to get to where we're going in life. And teamwork makes the dream work. Now, I, I love this quote, and I've quoted this before, but great churches are not built on the talents of a few, but the sacrifices of many. Great churches, and how many know that's what we want to be? We don't want to be a mediocre church. We don't want to be an average church. We don't want to be uh, just another church that's, that's not really significant, not really doing anything great for God. We want to be a great church, and not so we can get the glory, but so God can get the glory, uh, because we, we have a great call at Church on the Rock. And great churches are not built on the talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. And so that's why teamwork makes the dream work. So what is the dream? What is the dream? Well, we all know, most of you in here, uh, there's been many prophecies spoken over this church about what this church is called to be. And the prophecies always say that this church is called to be a region-changing church. So that's the dream. The dream is a region-changing church is the dream. And, and that's been spoken not just, uh, just through myself or, or dad, but that's been spoken through other uh, spiritual leaders in our life and in our church. Dr. Dufresne, Pastor Nancy, and many others have said this about our church. Our church is a, supposed to be a region-changing church, a church that affects this entire region. That's the dream. Okay, we there? That's the dream. That's, that's what we're trying to get to. Now, we're not there. And we want to get there. So how do we get there? Teamwork makes a dream work. We want to get to this dream. Well, it's not going to just take me to get there or the staff is going to take all of us together and many more in the future that are going to join this team. Teamwork is going to make the dream work to get to where we're supposed to be as a church, which is a region-changing church. Now, a region-changing church is going to take a lot of work to get there. It's going to take a lot of prayer to get there. It's going to take a lot of passion to get there, but the results will be worth it. 
the fruit will be worth it, worth it. The, the payoff and the harvest of seeing the church that we're called to be will be worth it. We are called to be a region-changing church, and it's going to take a lot of teamwork and effort and prayer and, and more time and more volunteering and, and more, uh, more communication. It's going to take more effort from all of us, but teamwork will make the dream work. It takes a team to do it. If we're going to get anywhere, it's going to take a team to get there. So to get from where we are now to where we're going, it takes a team. We all play different parts. We all have different roles. We're all great at certain things. And it takes all of us in here together. Now, I've jokingly said many times before, um, if it was up to me, nothing would be done at church. You guys aren't laughing. You know why? Because I am great at ideas. I am great at vision. I could talk dreams, vision, ideas all day long, but I have to have people around me that have different gifts than I do. We have to have Brother Sean's. We have to have Morgan's. We have to have other people speaking into my life and saying, okay, great plan, great idea, but how do we go from here to here? Because teamwork makes a dream work. Everybody has their gift. Everybody has their, their excellence. Everyone has their part they play, and we all play different parts. Just like a basketball team, a football team, a soccer team, a baseball team, everybody has their part to play. So it is with the church. We all have different parts to play. The Bible always talks about the church being the body of Christ. We're all different parts. Some people are an arm, some people are an eye, some people are an ear, and all of us have our part. And without one part, the body would be missing. And it wouldn't be as effective without the part that you play. That's why we need everybody together doing your part, because teamwork makes a dream work. If you notice sometimes when, in sports, when championship teams lose players after a season when they won the championship, they're never as good the next year. Why? Because they're missing part of the team. And that part of the team was the reason they won the championship, because of those players. And so every part matters. And to get to where we're going as a church, and we're making tremendous progress. I'm not saying we're not. Uh, we're seeing momentum and progress every week at church. Teamwork makes the dream work. I love this quote. But we need to consider this anytime we get tired of serving. Uh, it says this, some people would rather search to find a better church than to serve to build a better church. Some people would rather search to find a better church than serve to build a better church. Let's stop looking around at other churches and other ministries that we think are doing great things, and God bless them. They're doing their call. But we could be just as great. We could, we could be doing just as great things, big things for God, but we have to have people that want to serve to build a type of church that's like that. That's how we get there. Not by looking around at everybody else like what we're missing and what we need to get. No, we can serve to build a better church. I've heard that so many years in my life. They're like, hey, we love Church on the Rock. We love you. But, you know, there's all these other churches that are doing more than you. And we want to kind of go over there. Guess what? When you get there, they got the same issues that Church on the Rock has. And maybe more. So we go to... Did you say maybe? That's what I thought I heard out of the corner of my ear. But I'm going to act like I didn't hear that. No, we know they definitely have more issues than Church on the Rock. There's no maybe about this. 
they have more issues than Church on the Rock. I know for a fact they do. All right. No tacos for her tonight. Teamwork makes the dream work. We have to be willing to serve to build a better church than to keep looking to find a better church. Because we can be a better church if we are willing to build a better church. But it takes us serving and being a part of a team and being a part of what God is doing. So I want to share a few things with you uh, tonight to remind us about why we serve and why we're on a team, why we're a part of a church. The purpose of serving, that's what I want to talk about for a second. The purpose of serving, and we could say, well, it's for God. It is. It is for God. But God's heart is people. That's why we're doing it. Yes, we're doing it for God, but we're doing it for people because God cares about people. And we as a church should care about people. And the Bible says that we are to partner with God in his vision for the world to help people. That's the purpose of serving. Yes, we do it unto the Lord. Yes, we do it as worship to God. Yes, we do it because we love God. But God loves people, so we're doing it for people. We're doing what we're doing at Church on the Rock for people. We're, we're serving on a team for people. We're, we're giving financially into our church for people. We're doing what we're doing for people because God's heart is people. But we have to serve to build the kind of church that people want to come to. The church as a whole should be this. It should be both equipping believers but also reaching the lost. That's our call. But both are for people. Whether we're discipling people that already know God and that are found and building them up and teaching them uh, the, the foundations of the faith. Or we are reaching lost people and unbelievers. Both are about people. And that's the call of God on our life. That's the Great Commission. The Great Commission says to reach the lost, preach the gospel in the whole, the whole world, and make disciples or disciple the found people. To equip them to do what they're called to do. And we have to do both. Every healthy church has to do both. It has to take care of the people that have already found God. And that already know God. And to teach them and to build them up and to disciple them. But we also have to reach new people, lost people, broken people, hurting people. And we can't forget that as well. We have to do both. That's what the Great Commission says we're called to do. But both are about people. You with me so far? Now, with churches like us, in our camp, our company, faith churches, word and spirit churches, whatever you want to call us, we do a great job at equipping people that already know God. And that started during the teaching movement in the 70s and the 80s, but a lot of those churches never changed, and they're still talking to church people. That's why a lot of churches like ours are declining. A lot of people don't come anymore. There's not a lot of new people. There's not a lot of new life because they're still talking to church people. They're trying to just equip people that already know God, just give them a little more word, give them a little more scripture, give them a little more that. And that's important, but that's not the only part. And as a church, you will die unless you have new births. You have people getting saved. You have people coming home. You have people being delivered. You have people being healed. You have people being reached. You have to be a church that reaches people. And sometimes we've been lopsided as a church in the churches in our company and camp that we're just talking to church people. Now, I don't try to talk to church people. I love y'all, but I ain't trying to talk to y'all. 
Every message I preach is for the person who doesn't know church, doesn't understand church. They're unchurched. They're de-churched. They don't know about church. That's who I'm talking to because we're trying to reach people because God cares about people. That's why we're doing what we're doing. But we have to build the type of church that people like that want to come to. We have to build that type of church. We have to build it. Now, when we talk about building the church, we all play a part in that, serving on a team, being a part of a team, because everything at church matters, especially to those who don't know God. Right. Now, when, when we talk about this, that means when they come in, the security team matters, the visual team matters, the sound team matters, the kids on the rock team matters, that the, the kids' teams are, are serving their kids and they feel comfortable leaving their children with you. Uh, the greeters matter. Uh, the lawn outside matters. Uh, it speaks volumes of the church. Uh, how clean the church is matters. Every part of the church matters because people matter. And if we could do all those natural things so somebody could come in here and hear God's word and get saved, it's worth it. And we will do all those things so somebody could come back to church and get involved in church. It matters. If we could just do all those things and see somebody who's lost and broken get saved and healed and delivered, it matters. Because the purpose of serving is people. And all those things matter. All those things are important because excellence attracts people to what you're doing. Excellence attracts people to what you're doing. We need to build a better church and I love this I heard this recently on a podcast about Chick-fil-a how many love Chick-fil-a in here y'all love Chick-fil-a it's God's chicken it's anointed it's blessed um they tithe on their money so if you you go there you tithe as well um but the founder of Chick-fil-a said this uh true Kathy who started it uh in the early days of Chick-fil-a there was all these other companies trying to outdo Chick-fil-a on their chicken sandwich and it was said that Truett Cathy in a meeting, uh, they were talking about, well, we need to get bigger, and we need to get bigger, and we need to do this, and we need to do that. And Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, said this. He said, we need to get better, and if we get better, people will demand we get bigger. Wow. So that's what I'm saying tonight as a group of people. If we work to build a better church, this church will get bigger. Yeah. If we're excellent in everything we do on our teams, and we get better, this church will get bigger. If we excel in every area that we're a part of, every team we're a part of, if we, if we do our job to get as, as best we can do it, we, we keep striving for excellence and getting better, this church will get bigger. It will. But we have to serve to build a better church. Now, we already got a great church, but to continue that and to grow to the region-changing church we're called to be, it takes us all getting better. Because excellence attracts people. Let's look at a few verses here. Uh, Matthew 9 and verse uh, 35 through 38. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus traveled through the towns and the villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers, the teams, are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Yeah. 
So Jesus was saying that the, the harvest of people, because it's all about people, is great. We're not lacking in people. And, and trust me, in this region, we're not lacking on people. We're not lacking. If every church tonight was filled and overflowing with people, there would still be hundreds of thousands of people in this region that didn't have a church. They still need to know God. The harvest is great. The opportunities are great. The region is great. But what? The workers willing to build churches that people want to come to. That's where we need it. The workers are few. The workers are what's going to build the church, build the house of God that people want to come in to hear the good news of the gospel. So the harvest will come. But the harvest is great. Uh, Pastor Dave Summerall said this. We want to make... We want to make it easy and enjoyable for people to come to church so it's hard for people to go to hell. That's building a better church. That's building the kind of church we want to be a part of. We want to build it in a way that it makes it easy and enjoyable for people to come to church. Why? So they can hear the word of God. So they can connect with God. So they can be touched in God's presence. So it's hard for people to go to hell. Craig Groeschel, Pastor Craig Groeschel, he said this. He said, we will do everything short of sin to reach people. And I'm with him. We will do everything short of sin to reach people. Why? Because it's all about people. The purpose of serving on a team is reaching people. It's all about people. The purpose is people. It matters because they matter. One of the, the things on our wall out there is that people are our heart. Why? Because it's God's heart. People matter. What you do every Sunday when you come and you're on security team matters. It makes it more comfortable for people in here that are uh, feeling uncomfortable about being in church and to know that they're safe here. For the people that drop their kids off at Kids on the Rock, for the people that greet them, for when they come into a church and they, they hear the music and it's excellent. And they see the visuals and it's excellent. And they see the people serving around them and it's excellent. It makes people feel comfortable that they can receive from God. That they can connect from God. It matters. All these natural things matter. Because the purpose of serving is people. You with me tonight? So, I want to share a few more things and we'll close and we'll eat some tacos. We talked about the purpose of serving, but let's talk about the passion of serving. The passion of serving. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, God always points back to your heart. What are you passionate about? You know, God doesn't care if you do everything right, but your heart's not with him. He doesn't care. He doesn't. Religion does, but God doesn't. You can come to church, you can tithe, you can serve. You can pray in tongues, but if your heart's far from God, he could care less. Because he cares about your heart. He cares about your passion. And you should care about your passion with what you do at church. It should matter to you. You should not be in the helps team at church just because you feel guilty if you're not helping. You should not do it for my sake or for your neighbor's sake. You should do it because your heart is in what you do and you're passionate about serving God. I got a conviction that I want to serve God in his house because my heart's in it. And passionate people change the world. Passionate people change the world. Passionate companies, passionate businesses, passionate people, passionate churches. Not the ones that are just doing it because they got to do it. 
or they, they're, they've, been, they've been forced to do it or pushed to do it. No, passionate people are the ones who change the world. And we should be passionate in our serving. Now, I'm not saying you're not, but I'm just encouraging you to keep that passion alive. To keep that passion going and moving and, and, and working. You have to have that passion on the inside of you. I love this word passion because in other translations, this word passion sometimes is translated zeal or being fervent. Uh, enthusiasm is one translation of it but it also has the word picture of fire attached to passionate when when somebody's passionate they say they're fiery and the bible says in timothy that we are all to fan the flame that god has put in us we're all to stir up the passion of god within us for what we do for our call on our life because the world is trying to put out our fire Life is trying to put out our fire, but we must constantly stir up the passion on why we're doing what we're doing. I'm preaching way better than you're responding. And, and we need to stir up that passion on the inside of us. You know, I can do it so much from the front, but you have to do it yourself to be passionate about what you do. But it's the passionate people that are serving is what changes the world. It's the passionate greeters that, that help people. It's the passionate kids workers. It's the passionate worshipers on the platform. It's the passionate people who, who work in the landscape. It's the passionate people that change the world. God is looking for passion. Not just, I'm doing this because I got to do it. I'm doing it because pastor asked me to do it. I'm doing it because I'll feel guilty if I don't do it. Wrong answers, wrong heart. You know what, as your pastor, let me be real with you. I'd rather you do nothing if that's your attitude. And then when you get passionate, hit me up. Say, I'm ready to get back in the game. I feel the same way about giving in our church. Don't give because you have to. Don't give because you feel obligated to God or you feel bad for the church. Give because your heart's in it. And if your heart's not in it, don't give. Why? Because that's what God says. God says when you give, I want your heart to be in it. He loves a cheerful giver. He loves a, a giver and, and someone who's servant whose heart is in it. That's what God loves, passion. Passionate people will change the world. Passionate churches will change the world. You realize why most, especially where we live, we live in the Bible Belt. There's churches on every corner. Why hasn't our region changed for God? Why hasn't, you know, there's a lot of places in our country, like where we live, there's churches everywhere. Shouldn't they be just changing that region and doing great things for God? But most of those people are not passionate. They're not. So those churches aren't changing those regions. Those churches aren't changing those cities. Because they got a bunch of people in their church going to church because they have to, giving because they have to, serving because they have to, going through the motions, barely can give God a praise on Sunday. Dragging here, ministry helps. I'm tired, man. I had a big week. No wonder, even though we live in the Bible Belt, we do the Midwest, the South. There's so many churches everywhere. We're thinking, man, this, this region should have been changed. Right. It's called a lack of passionate churches. Because passionate churches are going to change the world. People that are excited about God, excited about his plan, excited about worship, excited about serving, passion. And we have to have not just the purpose of our serving, which is people. It's all about people. It's always been about people. It always will be about people. But we have to be passionate in our serving. 
Now, you guys already are, but I'm just encouraging you in this way. Because passionate churches change the world. I love John Wesley. He said this about passion. Speaking of that word picture about fire, when people are passionate, they're fiery. He said, set yourself on fire. Not literally. (laughs) Set yourself on fire. He's talking about passion. And everyone will come watch you burn. He's talking about passion. If people see passionate individuals in a passionate church, people come just to see what's going on down there. Y'all, they getting wild down at that church. Man, what, there's lines outside of church on the rock to get in. Man, they're worship, man. They're passionate. Their kids are on, on the rock. They're doing great things. The quarry, I, I mean, their, their, their preacher is passionate. The people there are passionate. He said, if you set yourself on fire, passion, everyone will come watch you burn. It's all about passion. Let's look at a few verses. Romans 12 and verse 11. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. Let's look at what the passion says. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Keep your passion towards him boiling hot. Radiant with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Isn't that a good verse for you guys tonight? Celebrating teams. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Keep your passion towards him boiling hot, radiant with the glow of the Holy Spirit. Let him fill you with excitement as is serving. That's really good. Yeah. We have to have passion in our serving. The Holy Spirit, he does that in you. Let's look at Philippians 2 and verse 13. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Let's look at the passion translation. God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. We need to keep the purpose of serving, which is people, but we need to keep the passion of serving tonight. I know we're celebrating you, and we're celebrating you because you've done a great job, and you continue to do so. But we want to celebrate you and say, hey, let's keep this passion alive. Let's keep this passion burning hot. Let's do what Timothy was told by the Apostle Paul. Fan the flame that's in you by the Holy Spirit. Fan that flame up. Pray to keep that flame uh, going. Worship to keep it going. Uh, Fire yourself up before you come to church to work on your helps team. Fan the flame that's in you. Keep that passion because passionate people change the world. Passionate churches change regions. Jesus himself in the book of John, the gospel of John, it says that spoken of Jesus when he got a little wild in the temple, it said passion for God's house has consumed me. Spoken of Jesus. And if passion for God's house consumes Jesus, it should consume us as his followers. Passion for God's house shall consume me. Lastly, we want to talk about the reward of serving. You still with me here? Now, y'all still getting free tacos. Smile at me a little bit. You guys are acting so serious tonight. You're still getting tacos. You're still getting plenty of salsa and chips and drinks. So that's still happening, guys, right? Just a few more minutes. I'll I'll be quiet. We want to talk about the reward of serving. We talked about the purpose of serving, which is people, and the passion of serving. But let's talk about the reward of serving. There's a reward of serving. Now, I know we, 
we should all say, well, I'll do it whether I see no results or not. That's the Christian answer. And I'm with that. But God cares that we see results. Kind of like if you went to the gym for 20 years and you never saw a result, you'd be like, I'm done with this. I've been eating kale chips for five years and I've never lost an ounce of weight. You'd want to give up. With anything in life, if you don't see results or reward at the end of it, you lose your passion for it. You lose your enthusiasm. You lose your want to. But there is a reward to serving tonight. And I want to tell you about it. Because we need to acknowledge that. And I know sometimes in our church, to be real and to be honest, sometimes there's been seasons at our church where you guys have been serving and serving and serving and you see the same old people there. I'm with you. I know because I preach to them every week. I'm thinking, why isn't there any new people here? And that after a while sometimes could get old for you guys. It could, it could get frustrating. You guys aren't saying amen, but I know you're feeling that way. You're like, I'm seeing the same people every week, and where is the reward? Where is the harvest? Where is the payoff for what I'm doing? I'm serving, and I know it's all about people, Pastor, but i like to see some results. Just me, or you guys feel the same way? Okay. But there is, and we, and we need to realize that there's both results and a reward this side of eternity, but then in the, even into eternity, there's a reward for our serving and being a part of what God is doing. Now, let me, let me just give you a, a few verses in a second, but we need, to, we need to understand that there is a reward, but it takes time. That's why a lot of people give up because there's usually a time between the time we are giving and serving and the time we see the reward of the payoff of it. The Bible says there's sowing and then there's reaping, but there's a time frame between the two. There's planting and then there's harvesting, but then there's a time between the two. And we got to understand sometimes it takes time to see things change, to see momentum happen. But the reward will happen. There is a reward for serving. Let's look at Hebrews 6 and 10 in the Amplified Bible. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown for his name at ministering to the needs of the saints, God's people, as you do. So realize every time you serve at church and you're helping people at church and you're a life group leader and whatever you do, God is not unjust to forget that. There is rewards in this life and the life to come because yes. God sees the work and the service that we're putting in. Yes. Let's look at another verse, Galatians 6 and verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. Why? Because sometimes there's a time frame between when we start, when we're serving, and when we see the results of it in the harvest. Let us not grow weary, I'm speaking this to all of you in here, while doing good. Let us not grow weary by Working another time in Kids on the Rock. Let us not grow weary with coming one more time early to set up the visuals. Let us not grow weary with coming early and setting up the sound and worshiping and practicing one more time. Let us not grow weary in being a life group leader. Let us not grow weary in being a part of the security team. Let us not grow weary in mowing the grass at Church on the Rock. Why? Because there's a reward. Now, we don't always see it every day, so that's why we, sometimes we, we, get, we get tired of doing it. And we're like, where's the results? Right. Let us not go weary about doing good, for in due season, yes. we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Yes. Isn't that good? Yes. Look at what it says in the Message Bible. 
So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all. Starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. It says, don't, don't give up, don't get tired, don't get fatigued in doing what you're doing. Why? Because it's going to pay off. And there's going to be a harvest one day and there's going to be results one day. Don't give up because that's coming. I want to encourage you right now, church, for us to go to where we're called to be as a region-changing church, we're not there yet right now. We all know that. You don't have to tell me that, but we are making progress to get there. And that's why we're in this in-between phase between where we're at right now and where we need to be. That's why you need this verse. We don't lose heart. We don't give up. We don't get fatigued. We don't get tired. Why? Because in due season, we will reap all that God has for us, which is the church we're called to be. I'm preaching better than you responded tonight. Come on, are you with me? Are y'all supposed to be the team people? Are you with me? We don't need to get fatigued and tired because we are right on the greatest days of Church on the Rock. Now let me just, I just wrote a few things down just to encourage you right now. This church is 38 years old. It's older than me. We're going to be 40 in two more years. But you need to realize, look around. See the new people that got baptized in this past year. We're making progress and momentum. See all the guests we have every week at Church on the Rock. We're making progress. See all the new families coming to our church. All the new people getting involved. We're making progress. Think about all the cultural changes in our church, how the culture has changed. Think about the life groups, how that's changed the dynamic of our church. Think about all the changes in the kids on the rock. Think about, I'm preaching so good tonight, y'all better say amen. Think about the changes in the quarry to see the fruit in our summer camp in the quarry. Think about all the changes to the worship team and the visual team. We're getting live streamed within a month. We are making progress and we need to acknowledge that. We're on our way there, but we're not there yet. So what's the answer? We don't get fatigued on our way there. We're not going to give up. We're not going to lose heart. Why? Because in due season, we shall reap everything that God said about church on the rock. We're not going to get fatigued. We're not going to get burned out. We're not going to get tired of doing this. Why? Because there's a reward to our serving. I'm eating 13 tacos for this message. Think about our church. Our church is getting healthier. Our church is getting stronger all the time. We need to acknowledge that. I'm not preaching this in a way tonight of not acknowledging that like, man, you guys are blowing it. We're all blowing it. You know, we need, we need to change everything. We need to just change this, y'all. We're, we're struggling. That's not my tone at all whatsoever. I'm saying, y'all, we doing good. And we need to acknowledge that. We're making momentum. And we need to acknowledge that we're taking ground and we need to acknowledge that we're making progress as a church all the time. We need to acknowledge that. But in acknowledging that we're not there yet. We're still going to be the church that God has called us to be, but it's going to take all of us to get there. But what are we going to do? We're not going to give up and we're not going to lose heart. We're not going to get fatigued. We're not going to get tired. Why? Because in due season, Galatians 6, 9 says, we will reap. If we don't lose heart, we will reap all the seeds we sowed, all the prayers we prayed, all the hours we served. We will reap if we don't lose heart. Come on, are you getting something tonight? We will reap 
if we don't lose heart. Last verse, and you can eat a taco. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast and movable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing more than is needed, being continually aware that your labor, your work, what are we saying? To the point of exhaustion in the Lord is not futile nor wasted, and it's never without purpose. Look what it says in the Message Bible. With all this going on for us, my dear friends, stand your ground. Don't hold back. Throw yourself into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Why? Because there's a reward to serving. We're not just doing this to do this. We're not just doing this to have just just another church on the corner. We're not doing this to just be another average church reaching nobody for God. We're doing this for a purpose and for the reward of serving, which is to be the region-changing church we're called to be. And the Bible says nothing done for him is wasted effort. Nothing is a waste of your time, a waste of your effort. Everything matters to him. Why? Because there's a reward. There's a harvest. There's results coming. If we don't give up and we don't lose heart. Nothing you do for him. Even the smallest things that you think are insignificant that you're doing at church. It matters to God. And God says, it's not a waste of your time. It's not a waste of your effort. It's not done in vain. There's a purpose to it. Even the smallest things we do when we're doing it for God. He says, no, it's, it's not a waste of your time. It's not done in vain. It has a purpose because there will be a reward and a harvest in a, in a season, one day will you'll look back and say, wow, I'm glad we worked this hard to get here. I'm glad we did what we did as a church to get here. I'm glad I served this hard on a team. I'm glad I gave into my church. Why? Because I'm seeing the region change in church we're called to be. And I'm seeing my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids grow up in a church like that. And I'm seeing the, my lost co-workers and my lost neighbors come to a church like this. And I'm seeing thousands and thousands of people being reached for God. And I'm seeing the church that we're called to be. That's why I'm doing it. But we're not there yet. But we're not going to lose heart. We're not going to get fatigued in doing what's right. Because in due season we shall reap. And nothing we do for God is a waste of time. Nothing. It's not a waste of time. Not a waste of effort. It's never in vain if it's done for him. Even the smallest thing. You need to remind yourself of that sometimes. Let's be honest, sometimes when we get a bad attitude about serving or somebody asking us to do one more thing at church, it's because there's a little part of us that is like, man, I don't know if this really matters. Man, I love my church, but man, I don't know if this really matters. God says nothing you do is a waste of time or effort if it's done for him and his things. Nothing. It's never in vain. There's a purpose to it. There's a purpose to it. Let me just acknowledge a few people real quick. You know, um, Nancy Barley, you just helped paint some of those kids' classrooms. You don't work here. You don't work here. I'd love for you to work here, but you don't work here. It wasn't in vain that you painted those kids' classrooms. You came up here on your own time and painted those classrooms. It wasn't in vain. It wasn't wasting your time. There is eternal things attached to that paintbrush. Because there's going to be kids in that classroom that gets reached in a classroom back there that's freshly painted. 
And these new parents are going to come in like, man, this is a nice building. You know, I think I'll leave my kids back here and receive in the service because somebody painted that back building. Somebody painted that kid's classroom. Nick and Chad and Amzie built this booth last week, one week. They all have jobs outside of here. They don't work for Church on the Rock. They built this whole booth in one week. That booth wasn't a waste of your time. It wasn't a waste of your effort. It wasn't done in vain. That booth matters. Why? Because in a month from now, there could be cameras in that that are going to reach more people that are in this room. They're going to be reaching people on Facebook and YouTube that we've never met. In one month from now, because somebody built a booth, that wasn't a waste of time or effort. Nothing done for God is in vain. It matters. It matters. Sometimes we just don't always see the fruit and the harvest and the results quick enough when we give up and we're like, I don't know if it really matters. It does. But it only does for those who do what Galatians 6, 9 says. We don't give up. We don't lose heart because in due season, we will reap if, if we don't lose heart. There's a reward to serving. Did you guys get something tonight? I preached myself happy. I didn't mean to preach tonight, but y'all just pulled it out of me. It just happened. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.